0: The fire. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in.
1: Well, hello, hello everybody, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. And this is Through the Fire.
0: That's right.
1: So, you know, there's a lot of things that have been going on lately. I mean, there's always a lot of things, and we always try to find topics that are going to be interesting to... And relevant. To, yeah, yeah what's relevant. What's happening in the world today. Right. Yeah. And it's hard to, to choose just one thing. Mm-hmm. But I think right now, the, the the one that we are choosing to focus on right now is that we have the upcoming Walk for Life.
0: Yeah, it's a huge event, March for Life. It's it's a big deal.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's Pro-Life Weekend this weekend, mm-hmm. and um, but it's going to look a little different than the this year than it's looked at yeah, previously. Sadly, years. again, yeah.
0: because of COVID 19. That's right. Among other things. That's
1: right. So we're not going to be able to march in person and gather by the thousands and hundreds of thousands like we typically do. So, mm-hmm. you know, this year, um, most of us will be going to participate virtually. And, mm-hmm. you know, personally, I'm going to miss the opportunity of walking with fellow um, citizens that uphold life. And, and, you know, the Walk for Life and the Rose Dinner that follows it, you know, they're just truly amazing events. And in my opinion, um, they're two of the most positive political events in our country. They're purposeful. And I'm going to say this, peaceful.
0: Well, and every year, peaceful and and purposeful and positive. So, you know, I I know it, it celebrates. See, this is what people don't understand. It's more than just Ab- the issue of abortion. It celebrates the sacredness and dignity of life and that it's God's gift to every human being on his terms. And so I love the event too. It was, a, it was a great last few years that we participated, especially when we walked in the march together. I, mm-hmm. I really love that. I love the dinner afterwards. And Jeannie Mancini does a great job. And that year a couple years ago was really special to me. Remember?
1: Of course. Um, <laughs> uh, hello. I remember. I mean, the one particular one that I think you're referring to, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. both Devin and I were there. And right. uh, this is when you got to speak following Vice President Mike Pence.
0: Right. right. In fact, that was kind of funny because I thought I had to go in the back and get ready to go on right after him. Yeah. And I walked in on the Secret Service. You they know? almost took you and they down. they almost took me down. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but it was a great honor. And, and Pence did an incredible job. And, right. and, and again, it just the positive energy there. And I just wish more and more people understood that this is a positive, positive movement for the sake of our country.
1: It really is. And, and you know, that's the point, right? The message of life, it's powerful because it's beautiful. I mean, it's about dignity, mm-hmm. about possibility, about protection and about rising to the challenge of living that sacred life each day to its fullest. It's right. about the fact that dignity and the sanctity of life are fundamental, foundational truths to a civil society.
0: Yeah. And I guess that's why I'm a little bit miffed today. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not talking about our society. I understand what the secular progressives and the pro-abortionists. I understand what they think. I'm, I'm kind of ticked a little bit at uh, you know, the Pope and some of the leadership of the Catholic Church criticizing their own U.S. bishops because the U.S. bishops came out with a statement. Uh, concerning the platform of the incoming Biden administration. And they pointed out that the Biden administration on day one, Mm -hmm. and again, for all those who think that there's going to unity coming on day one, They unleashed the government into our lives, attacking religious liberty, obliterating the truth of male and female. We're going to talk about that in another program. But then they expanded abortion and abortion services everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I guess I can't understand why we can't maintain a common, steadfast voice about these foundational, uh, fundamental things, why we start kind of criticizing each other.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's why it is a little disturbing, right? Because you think like like-minded. I mean, you work with a council of Catholic bishops, right? And uh, we join, like we've said before, when we've talked about these, you know, items of importance that we we link ourselves and connect with like-minded individuals. And they've been great, I,
0: and again, you know, they don't just throw out stuff. They've actually they try to say things in a winsome way uh, with a civil voice. But, you know, their own church attacked them, right. you know, and it was just, it just made me, I just kept thinking, why are we doing this? Why are they doing this?
1: And you we know? really need uh, voices right now. We need voices that are strong and have positions of strength and influence. And, you know, for, for them to come together and produce such a great statement and then be told, no, you know, let's right. put that aside. Uh, there's such a fear of being canceled, of being labeled. You know, there's great risk involved in putting your head up and, and voicing your opinions of you know, against what the perceived moral right is right now—that's always changing, right? Mm-hmm. So, if you're a biblical scholar or a Bible-believing uh, Christian mm-hmm. who who tries to uphold and value um, life as you know defined by the Word of God, that is out of place today. Mm-hmm. And if you're wanting to voice it, you have to sit there and think, what are the risks involved, right? If you're a father or a mother, you think, what what is it going to do to my child? And so, you know, some of us pro-lifers—it's kind of a fearful thing to speak up, even even about something so beautiful.
0: Something so beautiful and something that, honestly, if you think about it, everyone should be cherishing it. So, you know, again, I just, that I guess that's my thing. You know, the Pope and the Vatican were saying that such a report shouldn't have happened on Inauguration Day. Maybe right. that's what they were concerned about. But again, it's amazing how easily we're willing to be silenced. Uh, we're browbeaten even by our own leaders um, at times, you know, claiming that we're supposed to be civil, even when fundamental moral truths are being obliterated with the stroke of a pen.
1: Yeah, and and to me, I mean, the Pope's rebuke is mm-hmm. is lame and weak. I mean, and it's you know, like you well, said, for like, the sake of tolerance.
0: Yeah, and I think just to be clear too, because I read this, and and this is kind of my. We, I want to talk with Marie about this, and you know, that's for me. I, I saw this article, and the Chicago Cardinal also came out pretty strongly against this. Um, but again, I, I that I, I agree. You know, it's a it's a lame uh, rebuke.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, since Biden signed a 17 executive orders on inauguration. Day, right. Which is the most ever by any president? Right. You know, I don't think that that's civil or tolerant. Yeah, at how all. civil
0: or tolerant is that? Right? Yeah, I mean, because
1: <laughs> each one of those orders demonstrated Biden's intolerance of any dissent concerning his attack on religious liberty, his elimination of notion of gender, and his uncompromising views on abortion on demand.
0: Yeah, well, and it always seems that conservatives are supposed to compromise their principles and the secular left is supposed to hold the line no matter how immoral their cause so i look i don't think our society can endure When innocent life is devalued and destroyed, you know, when fundamental moral truths like uh, people's uniqueness, yet the co-equality of the sexes is is denied, Mm -hmm. literally denied by executive action, Mm -hmm. and the church is challenged to adjust its voice to the dominant degradations of the culture, that's my big concern. You know, the media is already calling Biden a serious, devoted (laughs) Catholic, and I think that's by design, which, you know, somehow makes such heinous policies— Okay,
1: right, you know it's when, confusing, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, did you see the press secretary's answer to the question He was challenged? What about this radical unleashing of these new abortion things?
1: Right, I think what you're talking about is that reporter from uh, EWTN, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so EWTN is the Catholic uh, religious media. right it's, it's the largest one in the world, right. and mm. and so this reporter was asking him, are you going to rescind or amend the Hyde agreement, which pays for, you know, Abortion, and then was also asking him about the, the border. and the Yeah, pres-
0: Hyde Amendment, just for you, if you don't know, Hyde Amendment is that taxpayer money, right. you know, the Hyde Amendment prevents it from being used for abortions. He's going to, I think he's going after that too. Right, right. But that's that's just one of many things like that. Right. But right, so so here's a Catholic reporter asking a question about a Catholic who's a devout Catholic. Right, and- because this
1: is an important Catholic uh you know, we're, we're called to defend if you're Catholic, right? Right. So the response was, Biden attends church regularly. Let me remind you that he's devout. <laughs> and that answer doesn't make any sense to the question. Yeah. So the answers that were given to why, uh, you know, we're going to allow more babies to be aborted, to why we're going to use taxpayer money to do it, and to why we are now possibly paying again for abortion outside of this country— mm-hmm. um, You know, don't worry about it. The president still goes to church regularly. I mean, what?
0: What's the point So
1: if you go to church, but you participate in activities or sanctioning activities that violate the moral truths of the scripture, it's no big deal that it's, you know, that's just, that's not rational. It's unfaithful to the the church that you claim to belong to. Yeah,
0: there you go. And and so again, I think it devalues even guts the very positive power that the church has Mm -hmm. uh, for your life personally, but also for our culture. Um, you know, that's what, always been the church's role—the call, the power to call us back to what is morally right and true. But look, you know, I think we're going to see more and more of this double-mindedness, this this confusion that I think is intentional. Uh, like we've talked about before, our country is not just secular. Today, it's what we would call post Christian, mean, meaning that
1: phrases are
0: being used now mm-hmm. that, that people of the Christian faith actually hold dear, like life, liberty, happiness, virtue, honor, discipline, law and order, justice, but they mean very different things mm-hmm. to secular progressives who don't believe there's any absolute truth. So often they can talk about, think about this, they can talk about church, they can talk about faith, and they can talk about unlimited abortion on demand or illicit sexual behavior in the same sentence. Without right. blushing. so I'm going
1: to say this, too. Um, you know, we Christians, because we hear this terminology, right, This, mm-hmm. uh, we think that they're saying the same things that we do. Right, are, we do.
0: And, it's and a lot of people do. And so I think it's dangerous uh, when people start using these words like faithful, uh, committed Catholics, Lutherans, Baptists, whatever, yet they deny the fundamental moral truths of those churches and especially of the Bible so, again, it, it even guts the, the notion of what is faithfulness.
1: Well, it evacuates the word of, of all meaning, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, so, you know, if we look at what some of this means, I mean, it certainly, you know, calls into question commitment, right, our character to religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it questions family, you know, our commitment to our family, to ourselves, to one another. I mean, if you can sit there and pick and choose what, right. what you're going to uphold as moral, ethical, something to be valued, virtuistic, and, yeah. and give it your own definition. That's, I mean, how do you even exist in a civil society? What
0: is even a civil society? A civil <laughs> society then might just mean that we're in charge and you're not. Well, right. that's not civility. Right. And so again, yeah, these are the kind of things our people think, oh, yeah, civility, that's when both sides try to be nice to each other. No, that's not what they mean by it. hmm And all those other words mean different things too. hmm It's going to be hard sure. to have conversations.
1: Mm-hmm it makes it a lot more difficult.
0: Right, right. Well, listen, you know, we're heading, I think, to a period of confusion, and the Christian church, if we're going to be useful in God's hands at all for our culture and for ourselves, obviously, we have to at least be a clear moral voice as well as a clear gospel voice that's faithful to Scripture like never before. But, you know, in practice, I know you kind of deal with these kind of things in people's personal lives, too. I know you talk about it in the uh, work that you do with Candescent Counseling. Can you talk a little bit about that oh, for just Oh, you know how much minute? I love to talk about <laughs> Candescent and
1: my counseling and my coaching. I mean, it's my whole life, you know. It is. But no, in all honesty, I think right now, like I said earlier, during COVID, you know, it caused us to slow down a little bit and to connect with our families, and because we're sheltering, right? Mm-hmm. So right now, the way that things are coming out, we have this new transition, you know, with politics and policies. People are redefining values and what is acceptable uh, speech, mm-hmm. uh, acceptable behavior in the workplace. And, and it's a lot of confusion. And mm-hmm. it's all the way from the elderly all the way down to our preschool. You know, the reach is shaking far. shaking
0: up everything. It
1: is. It's shaking up everything. So, you know, people are confused. So, you know, through what, the work that we do, we you know, you can come in. You can call us. Uh, we,
0: at Condescent.
1: At Condescent Counseling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we will help you to find clarification and, you know, by reevaluating what is important to you belief wise, morally, ethically, and, you know, then take that and put it together with uh, your religion and what you believe is your purpose in life mm-hmm. so that you, you can have clarity and not have so much confusion. And if anyone wants to reach us, they can reach us at Condescent Counseling and Coaching and the website address is dot usacom That's ccc-usa.com, and uh, you can leave us a note there, and we'll Get back with you.
0: Yeah, I love the fact that you know you counsel, so if people are struggling with things, they've got a place to go. But also, you coach, which means you actually give them help in preparing how they can deal with things going forward before it becomes a problem.
1: That's right, absolutely. And you know, we troubleshoot. We kind of help people to just uh, get to where they need to go in the midst of barriers and restrictions that might be in their head or in their actual workplace or environment. You know, so they can get to where they want to go and live the better life. So you know, I. Let's get back now to what we were talking about. You know, It's a
0: period of confusion. It really, really is. And Mm -hmm. I think that
1: you're right. We're heading to a time that's really, really confusing. And when the media can say, here is a faithful, committed Christian, like they are right now with Biden, yet he's violating clear moral teachings of of the Bible and promotes political and moral behavior that is antithetical to godly behavior, it has to be confusing to people. I mean, Mm -hmm. it can destroy people's lives for sure, and it can destroy our culture. But your concern wasn't for the evils that are clearly coming. You seem to be more disappointed with the Catholic Church's posture, right, about some of the leadership?
0: Yeah. Well, and let me be clear. I think what you just said, too, um, you know, people say, well, President Trump wasn't a good person, blah, blah, blah. And I said, when it comes to politicians, we judge them by the platform. We judge them by their policy. Right. Uh, There's a lot of... Bad people in DC. If you want to go there, (laughs) oh my gosh, we could spend a lot of time. Well, we
1: won't talk about what right. But I'm saying this this is a
0: person who's advocating, you know, fundamentally immoral policies that are going to really transform. While
1: holding themselves up, right,
0: right, and that's what's so confusing. Mm -hmm. But what, again, like you said, what I'm most concerned about right now is the church's response, Mm -hmm. how we're responding to this. So, you know, um, when you when you think about some of our leadership. I, the, the church believes that the, the Bible is God's word. We believe the 10 commandments aren't the 10 suggestions. And we know we're going to be demonized in the future. But I just can't stand the fact that we're actually, you know, going after each other in the middle of this when we need to be that clear voice. We got to decide right now, are we going to obey God rather than men? Are we going to speak with a clear voice about the blessings of honoring the moral truths of God, uh, which would be better than being silenced at the moment or being deplatformed, uh, you know, or being trashed, you know, you know, one of the things I want to say too to our, our audience, Marie, you're really good at saying, and this, this is, I think, one of the hard things. You're really good at saying hard truths to people um, in ways where they actually say, thank you for saying that to me. <laughs> Whereas other, you know, if I would have said it, it would have been like, who do you think you are saying that to me? But We're at that moment in our culture, too. They're looking at the church and saying, who do you think you are? And we've got to be a voice that says, we're honoring God's truths and we're doing it for you. And so I guess, you know, how can people do that better? I mean, that's, I think, because our church is going to have to figure out how to be this voice.
1: You know, honestly, I mean, it's not its not always an easy thing to do, but it's easier if you, you're not looking to pick a fight or a debate, right? Okay. And so I think letting people say what they need to say and then valuing them as being authentic. I mean, there's... Right now, we're getting very confusing uh, messages, you know, see color, don't see color, uh, see gender, don't see gender, right. right? And and the truth of it is, is that we are all very unique. Each one of us is unique. We have a lot of similarities. We have a lot of unique things that are just our own, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we talk to people, you know, just be authentic and be respectful all the time, even if you're, not, if you're disagreeing, and see that God's moral truth is, is a blessing, even when it doesn't feel like it's a blessing. And like you said, you're doing it for them. And you know, uh, for their sake, but they may not understand but see, it.
0: That's, I, that, but again, we've got to do. We really believe that you just said God's moral truths are a blessing to us. Well, there are times God's moral truths say you no know to what you're doing. Right,
1: and we we try to see. I mean, we we tend to see them as limitations rather than protections. Right directions for having a better purposeful experience in life here I on tell, this side. Of I always heaven. tell
0: people, I so said, when you think of God's moral truths, think about driving down the freeway and they put that barrier in the middle of the freeway. Think about that because right. that barrier allows you to travel 55, 65, 75, because you can't transgress the barrier and go into the other lane and actually have a 180 mile an hour mm-hmm. crash. Mm-hmm. You know, if you crash, you're only going to have a crash based on, you know, bumping into somebody going the same speed you mm-hmm. are. And again, in some ways, God's moral truths put up the proper barrier so we can really live life to its fullest. Mm-hmm. Well, again, once we say that, um, our pe- people are saying, yeah, but you said no to me. Mm-hmm. And that's where it all descends. Well, there's certain limitations, and government's supposed to be about those final limitations. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how we're gonna—we can't be getting that word out if we're taking potshots at each other,
1: right? And I think sometimes, like those potshots, people are afraid of being labeled, being uh, called names, and you know, that's just part of it. And so, it's, what they call you a name, you know, yeah, so it, what? who cares? I mean, well,
0: but again, you know, when you're a young person, you know that your social yeah. platform. My gosh, you can. Feel like you're being sludged, yeah,
1: and that you stand alone, yeah, so that's why it's really important to have discussions with your kids that are going through that kind of a time whenever you know puberty and teenage years when you know being accepted into groups is really important. Connect them to like minded groups as well, and you know?
0: learn how to shield them from some of this nonsense, too, because I think we're all going to have to learn how to be shielded from some of this. And I
1: think that the story being given right now the the message that pro-lifers are narrow-minded. I think we need to change that image right. because it's a beautiful thing to be pro-life. And it's, it's very a broad respectful. Thing too. It is. It's it's pro-individual, which right. we all want here mm-hmm. especially in the West, pro-woman, pro-science, pro-family, pro-culture. It's treating life as being very unique and not, you cannot throw life in the trash. It doesn't matter what age you are. And, you know, so it values life. How can we say that that's a terrible thing? And, you know, they'll point and say, well, you're devaluing a woman to say what you think is a child. It's just a bunch of cells, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know,
0: science says no to that.
1: Science says no to that. I mean, Mm devaluing the uniqueness of people, women, science, family, and society is something that, you know, is on the side of people that want to attack pro lifers because we sure. do exactly the opposite of that. We actually value the uniqueness of people, women, science, family. And we need to stand up for that and push back on that narrative.
0: Yeah, and, and I guess like so I said, I love how the March for Life has branded themselves. Every year they come up with a way of saying this so that it, it says the pro life position is much broader. Than right. just the anti-abortion kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, so you know, on these f- fundamental moral truths, though, they, it, again, getting back to kind of my concern, we've got to stand together and not be scolding each other That's about right. speaking these truths for the like sake of others. Like just happened, like just yeah, it happened, just happened. With, yeah. yeah with you know, that. and these are, and like I said, the bishops are an authoritative voice of the Catholic Church Very in much America. So. Mm -hmm. And so, again, and I I agree, we may need to do a better job of speaking to folks in such a way that even our opponents understand the benefit. That's why I asked the question, how would you do it? Because you seem to be able to do that Mm -hmm. with people. But I think the struggle for me is the worst thing is to be silent or to to back away when it's being challenged, um, especially when by the stroke of a pen – Mm-hmm. It's being overrun. So to say, well, we shouldn't have said it on this day, mm-hmm. I said, well, this is the day he signed it. That's right. So what should we do, you know? Yeah.
1: So, you know, we just have to continue to be a positive voice, especially mm-hmm. this weekend. If you've never taken part in the March for Life, theres it's very easy for you to do so now because um, now you can just connect through the internet. Oh, that's
0: right you can this is it's this virtual is a great so time it, it might be a time when like you never saw it before, so now maybe you can.
1: That's right and have conversations with your children about mm-hmm. it. It's very important to have these conversations. So this is an opportunistic. Time like we've never had before. I mean, not everybody can travel to D.C. or to cities that are having these walks, and not everybody can physically attend either. So this is a time when you can participate virtually, uh, get online and look that up. It's the March for Life. I mean, so far the pro-life movement has done a great job and of clarifying and expanding the discussion about why being pro-life is good for everyone. Mm -hmm. They don't just say "Don't murder, don't destroy innocent life." They talk about the benefits of living a Pro-life life life. and everything you say and everything you do Mm -hmm. to change life is to cherish your family, to cherish your friends and those people with whom you might disagree, because we all have a purpose, even the people that we disagree with. So it's a perspective of viewing the world that appeals to, like you were saying the other day. Go ahead. Were yeah, going to say I was just going to
0: say, well, you know, we've been talking about how can we unify? How can we unify? In order to unify with people that you even disagree with, you've got to have something that's bigger mm. than just your own individual passions and things. And to be pro-life is, I think, one of the greatest things that can unify us because yeah. it, it forces us all to cherish Life as something that's given to us, not just something that we have or that that's we can you know, manipulate as we want to, and I think that's what I love about Genie uh, Mancini's group, March for Life. There's mm-hmm. the, there's the National Right to Life folks. There's a Lutheran uh, Lutherans for Life folks. There's right. all those kind of people, um, right. and of course our.
1: Well, uh, yours, I want to say yours because you you work there in DC in and DC, yes. and you have the uh, you know the Lutheran Center for Religious Freedom and I would encourage anyone that's listening to to look at not only the March for Life but look at lcrlfreedom.org. That's lcrlfreedom.org and there's a lot of information there for you to Absolutely. see what's going on politically on the hill, what's going on in your community how can you get involved? How can you connect? There's no commitment. You don't have to make any, we're not going to share anything if you put (laughs) in your information. Uh, So, you know, and and I have to say that uh, as as well for the March for Life, they don't share anything either.
0: Yeah, we need to learn, you know, folks need to understand as Christians, uh, we know that politics won't save us, uh, but we need to learn how to put our temporal liberties to work for the sake of preaching and teaching the (laughs) eternal liberties of Christ. And that's something we don't, do very well. We haven't learned how to fight about the things we need to fight about and we haven't learned how to serve the things we need to serve about. We need to know how to do each. Right. And so, lcrlfreedom.org, there's a lot of resources there for you. There sure are. And we sure want to honor the this weekend's uh, March for Life uh, celebration.
1: Right. And we want to, to show people that the perspective of viewing the world Uh, It's like Lincoln said uh, there, you know, it appeals to the better angels of our nature and not to the worst passions of our character. And we were seeing a lot of the worst passions of character a lot this year, haven't we? Yes, we have. So, you know, we have to keep looking up, praying up and moving forward.
0: I agree. And I think, you know, this is where people of faith. uh, This is a watershed moment in our country. It's a watershed moment in our culture. We're going to have to gear up because the moral truths of the Bible are going to be demonized. They're going to be under attack. And we have to ask ourselves the question, are we going to stand for the things of God? Are we going to stand for how he orders the world because we know it's good for everyone? Mm-hmm. Or, are or we what's going to shrink Or are we <laughs> going to shrink back? And the reality is we have to do both. We have, mm-hmm. to do, we have to be able to stand there and also learn how to serve where Christ tells us to serve.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. So, remember, there are two kinds of
0: fire in the world. The one that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire.
1: Till next time, little embers. I'm Marie. (laughs)
0: And I'm Greg. See See you you soon. soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media. Familyvisionmedia.org